Hello and welcome to the Oh Dear Podcast. My name is Nick Whitmer. I am yeah. one of your two hosts today. I am joined, yeah. of course, by Brett Rabold. Uh, Christian is, I don't know, he's fucking jerking off somewhere. He's having a baby or something. I don't know. Something not important to this Dude, podcast. I'm sorry, um, but your wife being due like that day is not a good excuse to not do your podcast. Well, <laughs> I have an inside info. She was due Sunday, and now it's Tuesday, and it's like, dude, baby had its chance to get here in time. Oh, my God. It, yeah, you know? dude. So it's like, it just, what? Come on. <laughs> say, to, say to Natasha, like, you had your chance. Like, Christian's with us for the pod. I don't care that maybe it could happen at any moment. Like, if he's podcasting and then her water breaks, it's like, no, stay the full hour. We need to talk about OJ. We have to talk about Leo. Like, there's something that we want to talk about. And or well, it's tell like, us oh, a wrestling her, her, story. Yeah, her water's breaking. Well, why don't we have her on as a guest on a podcast while her water's breaking? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> in the hospital with the like little microphones. Yeah. That's how um, desperate everybody is to like try to make their podcast different. They're like, dude, let's we're the first podcast to to interview someone while giving birth, man. <laughs> Fucking punk rock, dude. <laughs> I've always said our podcast is super punk rock. Yeah. You know, you know the most punk rock thing I've done in the longest time? This is the most punk rock thing I've done. Is I, I take vitamin D every day. And sick. like the other night, I, I took vitamin D, but I didn't have water. So I just drank a beer. I watched yeah. vitamin D down with a beer. That was, that was the most punk rock thing I've done in years. Fuck yes, bro. Why just take vitamin D when you can also be sick while doing it? There's <laughs> there's no reason you should be like a bitch when you're taking vitamin D. So I think if you told your doctor that, they'd be like, nice. They'd go for a fist bump. <laughs> Most punk rock thing I did recently, recently, Whitmer, mm -hmm. went to a fucking MILF orgy. <laughs> they just have those? Yeah, dude, they, they just invited me. I was the only guy there. It's 20 MILFs and me. So, I don't know. That's, it's a weekly thing. I usually skip on them. 20 is so such an excessive number. It's like at most, at I know. most. That's what I told fantasies, them. <laughs> like all, of, <laughs> all of your deepest fantasies could probably be done with just a mat. Like you like just at least three people, right? Even That's just all you a need couple. to like just yeah. do shit that you do. Even do shit that you're not even into, but you're like, I might as well bucket list this. It's right. like at most you just need three of them. You just really for your sexual fantasies to be fulfilled, you just needed like four to five dudes. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Just four or yeah, five man. men, or sorry, women. Um, <laughs> dude, uh, just a basketball team. <laughs> just need a basketball team. Just Duke basketball. Yeah. Oh my god. Especially Duke basketball. Mm-hmm. So fucking funny, bro. That's uh Yeah. The uh I was laughing about that uh the idea of for some reason it popped in my head. Do you ever remember Dane Cook's uh Super Tour, Super Orgasm Tour? What was it called? Tor Torgasm. Torgasm. 
Yes, that was Dane Cook's tour. That actually had three of truly three truly amazing comedians and that other guy. Um, <laughs> I don't remember the other guy. And the funny thing is, is like I don't even think you're trying to be shitty. You're just like there's just three guys I like, and then there was one guy who was also there. <laughs> yeah, and I'm actually not was even it trying Gold- to be a dick. Yeah, Bobby Kelly was on it. Gary Goldman was on it. Dane Cook. Um, Dane Cook. Uh, wasn't it Tell on it, too? Uh, if he wasn't a formal member. If he did, yeah, he popped yeah. into shows. But he yeah, wasn't. Cause you I, know, he was probably too big. Yeah, he was too big back then. That was like 2004 or five. That was, oh, he had a that was show. probably when Otel had his, was like the peak of his powers. It's when he had a show in common. Comedy Central and yeah. having a co- show on Comedy Central was really worth something. Um, uh, yeah, right. It still is. That's a it's a funny shot. As if I wouldn't be ecstatic to get one. But hey, uh, what made me laugh about that is because it was like executive produced by Dane Cook, and uh-huh. um, the fucking credits because it was p- paid by Dane C- Cook and like made by him. Dude, the opening credit sequence, it goes through it it's going through each member of the tour and it goes to the the one guy we don't remember and it's like it has it freeze frames and text comes up and it says like the rookie and then like it goes to <laughs> and then it goes stops on like Goldman it's like the thinker and then it stops on Bobby Kelly and it says like the mouth and then it stops on Dane Cook and it says the leader and it was just uh, like this motherfucker just fucking he he's the one producing it. He edited the goddamn credit sequence, and here he is just being like, "All right, guys, I know my role. I'm the leader." <laughs> and that's how, you know that's how I feel about this podcast. If we if had roles, had a, if, <laughs> you know, if he if he had any self awareness, he would have called himself the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I mean. It's that's like making a joke of it, but like the leader and being like, yeah, that's me. I'm just the leader of this group. It is. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you're you're the cook, and Christian is <laughs> the cook. It just makes it sound like we go on the road and I just cook deal meals for you guys. Yeah, Wits Wits only cooked me like a couple meals in our years of friendship. That's really not a lot. <laughs> well, it's like. Very seldomly are we are you like I don't know how other people's lives are, but like how often are you just hanging out with your boys around dinner time? Uh, a lot if like, you hey. cooked me dude, a lot if you cooked for me more. <laughs> and then you're just like, Hey, you wanna go get some groceries and then you will cook? <laughs> like <laughs> you know what I mean? There's very few times. Like if there's a barbecue, you're like, Hey, let's have a barbecue, everybody's like, All right, cool. We'll all pitch in. You know, I'll cook this, you cook that. I did that with Jordan one time. It was, like it was supposed to be a, a few of us, and I think just I showed up. So mm-hmm. Jordan and I were like, "I don't just I showed up." Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I was like, uh, "All right, let's just do it anyway." So I, we just fired up the grill, and I cooked for the two of us. <laughs> that I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a that's actually by the way that's actually like probably a way better afternoon than like. <laughs> Three comics you actually really truly are friends with show up and then like, ah, there's like four or five other guys. Um, But I will say, you know, I'll get groceries with you anytime. 
Whitmer. You say the word. <laughs> I'll even get the groceries. All expenses. Does the to compound you. you have have like a? You, you live in this awesome compound. Is that what I'm calling it? Because yeah, well, dude, make it sound like I'm Joe yeah. Rogan purchasing my own seventy it's million like dollar the, compound. Yeah. it's like the X Mansion, but for like punk rock. You know, it's like the punk rock X Mansion. It is. It is. Is that what it's called? The X Mansion? I don't even call it the Mutant I Academy. Like it. I the, I, oh, and the X Men. Yeah. Oh, I like I. Uh, I actually have no idea. That is some Christian nerd shit. Um, so I know you have like three kitchens in your probably your whole place, but it, do you have gas hooked up and stuff? To, like, no, I have a hot. I have a hot plate. A hot plate. To, I can still fuck uh, with a hot plate. Oh yeah, it's pretty much you know. I mean, yeah, a stove is better, but uh, it still pretty much works. There you go. Um. You're pretty limited on what you can cook. No, no oven, so you're gonna have to work with that. Yeah, that's um, what I'm doing here. No oven. Yeah, out here in Long Island, they, I'm, I'm out here for the week, and their oven is. They basically has only one feature, which is the broiler is the only thing that works. And so, Rip, and when you turn it on, bird to fly away. Yeah, yeah, there's a bird right next to my head. Uh, it's chirping. The, uh, there's only a there's only a, a broiler and it's like this really old 1950s oven. So mm. when you turn the broiler on, it just gets like a thousand degrees and it heats up the entire house. Mm. So I'm like, it's not fucking worth it. So I've been pulling right. off magic with a fucking nonstick skillet. I don't even have a fucking cast iron. Still balling out here making food for a 90 year old man. Mm, I don't even know. There's no uh, context. People are like, what do you mean? That's yeah. <laughs> context. I'm out in Long Island at Sarah's grandfather's house. And, uh, uh, her grandmother went to, to Israel for a wedding. So we're one looking after the yeah. grandfather. And just background, so uh, Sarah is, uh, the one, like the woman Whitmer's cheating on his wife with, Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was really smart. That's in that My mistress is also named Sarah. <laughs> just, you know, you don't want to cross her wires. It's... Yeah. So Sarah looked over at my phone the other day and she was like, who are you texting? And it just said, Sarah. She goes, Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, when did I say I was going to suck your dick later? Oh, I guess <laughs> sometimes I text things to you. and I don't remember. <laughs> uh, That'd be such a funny, like you're cheating on your wife. You're texting your mistress. And then your wife's like, who are you texting? And then you just say, I'm texting you. <laughs> like what a hard lie to pull off. <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, no, don't do that, Wit. No, you know, don't have a mistress, Sarah named or otherwise. That's my that's my advice for this for the pod. Right. Well, even if I really wanted to, when would I ever be out? Like both of us work from home. (laughs) She mentioned something the other day, just joking, like, "Oh, what are you cheating on me or something?" And I was like. With who? <laughs> like we haven't even been out of the same. Like literally, the the longest we've been away from each other is forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough time. I would, you know, that's a, that's yeah, enough time. Yeah, I guess. Like, I guess so. Yeah. Um, I think people lie. Actually, I've, I've, whenever I hear people lie. They, if they say if you accuse somebody of something 
instead of saying no, they go, well, when would I have had time to do that? Mm. And it's like a way that they don't have to lie, say no. Mm. Yeah. They don't have to say no. They just do a question back. So I've noticed that like people who lie, say that. And then later on admit that they lied like on Twitter or like any public official who first denies something instead of just going like, no, I didn't. They'll be like, Oh dude, I was in Philadelphia. What are you talking about? <laughs> I have been in Philadelphia recently. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you just, you you are technically saying only the truth. Yeah. I have one to the, I, what, you know, OJ, did you kill your wife? Ah, uh, how, how could I have done that? <laughs> I was in Chicago. That's what he said. But he was in Chicago after he killed her. <laughs> he, he killed her and then went to Chicago. And then he's like, oh, my alibi was I was in Chicago. It's like, but you were not in Chicago when you were murdering her. <laughs> I don't know if it was from the dramatic, uh, the, the show, if it was a... Uh, dramatization of what actually happened or if it was what really happened. But apparently like when the cops called OJ to be like, she's dead or whatever, they call her and then he goes, Oh my God, it's so sad. Like he, he basically tipped that he knew she was dead already. Oh, what was it? What did he, they either shows or documentaries say he said. Yeah. That's oh, what I was trying to remember. Like, I, OJ, are you sitting down? It's about your wife. Oh my God. She was stabbed. along with a waiter man that's so sad Uh, how did you know how did you know his occupation um uh i'm gonna have to call you back uh yeah you are right i think they dry they may have dramatized it in that um cuba gooding jr show where yeah, that's what I was Where, thinking because that, that's what I remember it from. I remember it from that show. Yeah, but, you know those shows always take liberties on making things more dramatic and stuff. Yeah, the funny take- thing is, is there would be no reason to make that up because it's not like they needed another thing to <laughs> to be like he did it. It's I know the smoking gun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, let's um, fabricate a reason why he he another piece of evidence that suggested that OJ killed him, even though. The overwhelming amount of evidence already suggests that. It was like that Norm McDonald tape, or that Norm McDonald joke. And it said, uh, the joke was basically, it was on a weekend update. He's like, new film has emerged um, of uh, O.J. Simpson uh, basically saying the, the film shows that he was a murderer. Uh, and of course, what's on that footage is the taping of the first OJ trial. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah, um, I I do think he did it. I will say that um, <laughs> that show with Cuba Gooding Jr. The shit's hilarious. First off, it has the weirdest looking John Travolta's ever been, and he is a guy that started out handsome. And got increasingly weird as the roles, as he got more roles. Because he started out in, the, he like he started out, I mean, dude, he was a Hollywood sex kind of heartthrob. Right? Grease and yep. that, you know, all Saturday that Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever. And then, like, he was still, he was a sitcom. Right. 
He was on a sitcom. Welcome back, Cotter, I think. And then he was somewhat normal looking. He was on like when Tarantino brought him back. And but like, did you ever did you see him on the OJ show? What was that show called? Inside the OJ trial or some shit? But uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, did you ever watch the Inside the Actor Studio uh, James Lipton did with OJ? Um, <laughs> kind of in bad taste. That's uh, a terrible taste of James Lipton interview. Yeah, it was weird because they, they shot it in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. People are probably, I don't know if people are annoyed we're talking OJ, but I do have an OJ adjacent story that I think I told you, texted you about. So I have a uh, I have a hundred thousand followers on TikTok, which what this means I'll sometimes get randomly reached out to by some brands for like uh-huh. here's a partnership that pretty much totally has little to effectively no upside for you, but would be good for us because it's free advertising. So do you want to do this partnership that pretty much is no upside for you, but is awesome for us? This one I got a week ago is from Fathead. Fathead, for those who don't know, is a sport, typically sports, big poster company. They do giant cutouts of typically of athletes that you can paste on the walls. And it's like a life-size cutout of, you know, your favorite athlete, Tom Brady, uh, you know, Tom Brokaw, just whoever. Now they were like email uh, emailed me and they're like partnership. We'll even do a custom fathead of you or anything of your choosing. And I said, great. Uh, how about this photo? And it's a photo of OJ Simpson, but not playing football. <laughs> Him golfing as a slightly older man. <laughs> Like him golfing in like 2004. Oh my God. Now here's the Dude, thing. We're going to see how desperate fucking fathead is. I got a response. You're like, but here's the thing. Oh, did you? Here's the thing, Wimmer. When I reached out, I saved the photo off Google Images, obviously. And the photo's default save was OJ. Just And I was like, I don't want to send them an attachment that's called OJ because I want to maybe try and get it through the... <laughs> You know, like the quality yeah. assurance or, you know, maybe she just didn't even click or I don't know. Right, right, right. So um, stay emailed back. I kind of read the email. Real but, quick, before you say the email, you yeah. sent the What was the file name that you sent them so they get them to open? Oh, it. no shit. Uh, so I originally went with, I made up, uh, this is 100% true. The first one I, in my head was I made up like a different black guy name. I think I wrote like, I think I wrote like Reginald Brown or something. I'm not, I'm, this is a hundred percent. I swear to God, that's true. And, uh, and then I was like, wait, they're because in my head they would look at the file and see, oh, Reginald Brown. But then I'm like, wait, are they gonna think I'm racist because I'm calling like I don't know who OJ is? You're like this black guy looks like a Reginald Brown to me. <laughs> Like, and I don't even know, I guess there is Reggie Brown, but that's a modern day running back from like five years ago. Um, but yeah, so then I was like, eh, so then I named it just golfing <laughs> and I hope that just golfing would do. I got a response this morning about two or three hours ago and she, uh, the woman said, uh, Hey Brett, 
And by the way, I'll just read it and then we'll talk. Thanks so much for getting back to me. We could definitely turn this into a standout, but I have to point out that in regards to the content you'll create with the OJ product, since it's a public figure we don't have a license for and will be a completely custom item, we'd really love you could keep it as clean as possible. That way we're also able to repost everything on our socials in consideration of our wide age demographic. Please avoid nudity, drug usage, and make sure your posts are considerate toward any individual in particular. I really hope Victims this, of murder. <laughs> I really hope this is all right with you. If so, I'll go ahead and request the order from our prep team right away. Let me know how you feel about this as well. If you have any questions or concerns whatsoever. Warmest, the lady's name. Talk so yeah. going back up just a little bit. So was the deal they offered you essentially like we'll give you a fat head and then you make TikToks yes, for the make in a the basically make a video. It's basically we'll make you a fat head, make a video for us. And you don't get paid. You just get a free fat head. I get a free OJ fat head. <laughs> so, but, but then they tell you that they can print it out, but it's really better <laughs> if you use someone who they have the licensing for, which is such a funny way to be like, we could do <laughs> Reggie Miller. Because no, he's an no, athlete. I don't want to know Reggie Miller. <laughs> and and you're like, he's part of the... Um, because, you know, like a lot of athletes sign – like Fathead would make a deal with the NFL Players Association or the NBA Players Association, right. the union, to right. use any photo and then they pay a certain licensing uh, fee. Uh, 20% or whatever so, it is, yeah. Yeah, and there's there's probably very little chance that O.J. Simpson is in the, still in the NFL Players Association. <laughs> Isn't it funny loss. if he was a union member? He was showing up the union meetings trying to negotiate the collective bargaining agreement. <laughs> Guys, we do need more money to pay for our legal fees from 25 years ago. <laughs> Fucking Shapiro's up my ass. <laughs> so uh, here are the options of funny responses. One, I say, don't worry. I won't do anything controversial with the OJ cutout. Um, I, I'm just a fan. Two, <laughs> two, I email back and I say, that's fine. Would this cutout be okay? And it's Bob Shapiro. Um, <laughs> three, and this is something that my friend and I thought would be funny. My friend's oh, dad is uh, my friend's dad is a fifty eight year old Pakistani dude, like a successful businessman, and it might uh, be funny to just have a cutout of him in like a blue button down with the sleeves rolled up, shooting a jumper, and now I just have a fat head of my good one of my closest friends' dad shooting a basketball. You should counter with okay, I guess I'll go with this, and then send them a picture of Ray Carruth. The NFL player who had his wait, wait, murdered wait. by Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, this oh is like God. in the early 2000s, I think, maybe late 90s. <clears throat> he was a <laughs> wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. And he, like, his wife died, and he totally hired a hitman to do it. And it was, like, the most obvious evidence of all time. So he went to prison. He's still in prison. Um, uh, fuck, on his credit card, it says Hitman Inc. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> When did you spend five hundred dollars? Very good deal, by the way. Honestly, 
if it costs, like, dude, if it costs five hundred dollars to kill someone via Hitman, there's party that's like, I I might have killed someone at this point. I could, uh, I could have. What does it say that it, it's it's cheaper to have your wife killed than it is to divorce her? <laughs> <laughs> I was up to my Whoa. ass and bills. I just didn't have money, officer. All right, you're free to go. <laughs> so I think I might counter with uh, maybe I might counter with Bob Shapiro. The thing is, I actually want the OJ fathead because I'll just the OJ fathead is really funny, and um, I, I I think that that could get a laugh in the background of um, our Odeer studio. Oh my god, that's a great idea. <laughs> I have to get I have to for get, the listeners. We're going to incorporate some video at some point here, and we're going to create a podcast studio in Brett's compound. And we were talking about decorations. Yeah, we were talking about decorations, and I got to say, an OJ fathead would be kind of perfect for the show. It's a truly wonderful idea, Nicholas Whitmer. I think you're (laughs) – that's right. I will request the OJ fathead. Um, you're, I might say you're right. It's not that great of a photo and just choose a different photo of him golfing. Um, <laughs> Dude, that's under the one with him in handcuffs. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking the gloves don't fit shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, what's funny about that email, bro. That email is so funny. Cause she's like, thanks so much. They're so gracious. It's so gracious. You should either write, hey, bro, fuck off. That's OJ. Or, but they're like, and then their their conclusion is like, we really, if that's who you want to do to give us airtime, fuck it. We'll do it. They actually don't fully care, care. They just, a nudity and drug usage. What world, how? I'm just going to be nude and be smoking weed when I make the TikTok. <laughs> It's so dumb. Like, does the sketch have to be about the fat, or the TikTok have to be about the fat ad, or is it just like you're just doing a live stream talking to your fans, and then in the background there's just a fat head, and then they just hope that organically that comes up, and they're like, "Hey, what's that behind you? Oh, it's a fat head mm-hmm. looking right into lens." <laughs> that's uh, yeah. That's I mean. There's a great clip. I think it's like uh, Tyra Banks, all the product placement she did or something, or it's like an obvious one. Uh-huh. And it's just funny when she said to like the models, like, hey, let's all go sit on this comfy Kmart couch. And it's like, <laughs> there are, no one has ever articulated the brand on a sofa, especially not in that way. <laughs> well, uh- my, one of my favorite shows is Top Chef, and they always have a oh yeah, they make sponsor. money. Yeah. And, and for years, uh, it was Hidden Valley Ranch, which was like really funny that yeah. the sponsorship was Hidden Valley Ranch. So they literally be like, "Welcome back to Top Chef," sponsored by Hidden Valley Ranch. But mm-hmm. like, there never at any point would they like cook with a ranch. <laughs> They're basically being like, "We'll take your money, but we're not gonna use." You're not going to use your product. But then it started getting like kind of elaborate. Like then when the new Trolls movie came out, like they fucking, they had a challenge where they're like, 
they're like, let's watch the trailer of the Trolls movie. And I, they literally played the trailer during the show. And all this, all of the, the the chefs watched it. But, like, it, it didn't, like, your view from at home wasn't the chefs watching the Trolls movie. You were also watching the Trolls movie trailer. And then right. it cuts back to the kitchen. And they're like, oh, Trolls is coming out any day now. So your challenge, and it was so loosely related to Trolls. Is to make something the da da da, and I just be like, dude, like all the years, all the years, they didn't ever make any of the chefs eat the ranch, but now they're making the fucking, they're making them watch. That's the funny. It's so I'm like, this is so embarrassing. That it really is. Some chef should have just raised their hand. Yeah, how the fuck does this apply to gourmet cooking? We're culinary artists, and I mean, that is a. Uh, Truly trolls. What do you remember at all? What it was? I wish I did, but I just remember rolling my eyes. I'm like, you know, you got to pay the bills, I guess. But goddamn, yeah, I love it. Damn, that's why the shows are always on. Oh, the the shows that have survived in the pandemic have been the cheapest, like least effort. Like, have you ever just like had? You ever seen what is have you seen the shit that's on TV these days? Like TV TV? Dude, you know how many singing shows where they the singing shows by the day are getting more and more frankly retarded because they started at American Idol. I get it. Great. The kind of joke was some people suck, but some people are extraordinary. But like, dude, I think we've even talked about it. Modern singing shows are like, all right, okay, all right, all right. So this singer is in a chicken costume and turns out if you take off the mask, it's a celebrity that, okay, well, they're not really a celebrity, but they are in a show that uh, they were like the eighth chair in Twilight, uh, the first one, but they were the ones singing. Can you believe it? And they weren't good either, but still that's entertaining. But that's the thing about that show is like, this is how egotistical celebrities are. Is like when people pitch that show, they're like, oh, yeah, everybody would love that. Like, are you kidding me? Are you like, how, like, just enter, how dare these people, like, take up literally airtime? Literally, we're like, something amazing could be on. They're taking up that slot with fucking celebrities who, by the way, aren't, it's not like celebrity singers. No. They're no. any celebrity. Like, they're like the guy who played for the Patriots when they won the Super Bowl 15 years ago, who you kind of know the name of. And it's it's like the, the people who need it, the pub, you know, the publicity. So it's like not anybody that special. And then, then it, it, it turns out at the end, they're like, oh, it was it was Steven Seagal's assistant this whole time. How crazy. You never would have guessed it. It's like, who fucking cares? The Masked Singer. It's Adam yeah. Vinatieri. <laughs> yeah. And, and it has Ken Jong in it, who... I think that if there is one person who I can pinpoint of just how celebrityism has run amok, it's that guy. He's a fucking yeah. doctor. He quits being a doctor to be an unfunny hack who goes on these shows and just does terrible, unfunny. Like, he's never been funny except in The Hangover. What was that? Never hung, except in, not The Hangover, maybe The Hangover. I don't know, where he was literally saying the N-word. Like someone had to write him saying the N word for it to be funny. Uh, he true. stinks, is my point. 
who stinks, yeah. and he's the host of this fucking show. And anything he signs up for is automatically like show busy, fucking pandery, fucking it's, just yeah. awful shit. Awful Some people shit. just constantly are in the check cashing business. And uh, I mean, that's probably a great position to be in in many ways because it's like, let me just take all those bullshit jobs for shows that no one actually gives a fuck about that no one's going to remember that don't really bring like joy to people's life but like the network has to make something so they made it right um but you're like you know wow you chose to do buffoonery over being a doctor which is fine because i guess i made that choice too and I suppose when we all did, the truth is I was definitely not. No, no, no. But you didn't, you didn't go to fucking medical school. <laughs> you know, like you, you know, it's not like you put in all that time, got your fucking doc, your MD. And then you're like, you know what? And then you were, he was a doctor too for a few, for years too, before even, I don't know, man, the guy stinks anyway, regardless of whether he was a doctor or not, he just stinks. And the fact is that he could be making $300,000 as a doctor somewhere. And that's not good enough for him because he's empty inside. So <laughs> he does have that empty inside gene that makes someone pursue the showbiz. And I think that's going back to Travolta. Like that's kind of what happened to him is like this fucking dude gets famous young. He's like kind of a child star. He's very famous when he's in his in his teens, basically. Heartthrob of America, all this shit. And then the late eighties and early nineties, it just fucking goes away. And then Pulp Fiction comes on and literally Tarantino revitalizes his career. Brings him back for a few movies and there was a couple other movies he did and he was, oh, Travolta's back and then back down again. And I think that like when you do everything for fame and attention and stuff, you like lose your, it's like you start compromising on one thing and then it's really easy to compromise on the next thing. And then there was that story and who knows if it's true, but he was like getting a massage by this dude. And like, basically like he tried to fuck the guy and the guy's like, what's, what are you doing? And he's just like, I don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> like, like, like he's like, am I gay? I don't even know anymore. Like, I'm just, <laughs> I've just lived such a weird life. Yeah. And I just think that like, when you dilute yourself and you make compromises, step by step by step by step to try to keep this fame thing going in, you just it just creates a really dark situation. Yeah, where you're trying to fuck your masseuse and you're not even attracted to him. Yeah, or maybe possibly not even gay, but you thought he may or maybe is gay. I don't know. It's like what what's the lie, John? <laughs> are you pretending to be straight? Are you pretending to be gay? Is it both? I don't know. <laughs> You know what? I don't know if you know. I don't know if my my you know if my little heart could take him being gay after I idolized him on Greece. Um, <laughs> I learned how to talk to women and, from that. Yeah. Did you hear? Um, speaking of movies, and Lin Manuel Miranda apologized because the new In the Heights movie apparently isn't diverse enough. It's literally a movie that doesn't have a single white person in it. But because of the Dominican or the the Hispanic people that they did cast, they didn't cast any Afro Hispanics, darker skinned Hispanics. So he had to mm. apologize. 
Um, but he didn't have to apologize. He chose to apologize. And that goes back to fame. It's like Lin-Manuel Lin Miranda clearly likes this little thing he's done. He's wait, 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 wait. for himself. So he, he creates a movie. He has a, uh, he has he, a he writes movie. A, yeah, so it's it was based on a musical that he wrote years ago. It came out. I mean, he wrote the when he was a teenager, I think. Right. And it was and a now that he's, Broadway you know, hit. Yeah, it was called and, In the Heights. It was a Broadway hit for years on Broadway before Hamilton. It was like what put him on the map in the in the uh, theater community. It wasn't really what put him on the map in like the America, you know. Um, in, in terms of like celebrity, he was a he, it, that basically made him a theater star, but he wasn't like an American celebrity star until Hamilton. So after Hamilton's wow. success and he wrote like the movie, the music for like Moana or something, he started getting more, you know, mainstream success. And one of the things was, let's make this musical into a movie. They made it into a movie. I haven't seen it. Sarah watched it. She said it was not that great. But yeah, it has Hispanic people in it, but apparently they're not dark skinned enough, which to me, like, like Rogan got destroyed by saying for saying this, but he's like, and he, but I think he was 100 percent right when he said you can't be too woke like you can't be woke enough i mean like you can't be woke enough so essentially it's like you can be woke but then there will always be an extra step of wokeness that you just you just can't it just, there's just no if you keep feeding into it and you keep apologizing and you keep giving it power it'll never be good enough for them so even though lin-manuel miranda literally put out a movie that had no white people in it, it had all hispanic people in it and it was about the um washington heights in Manhattan, it was a story about Hispanics that never had been told in a movie before. That wasn't good enough because, and I'm like, who's, so I just want to like boil it down to people watch the movie and they're, what made them upset about the movie was the people's skin color in it. Like that was it. It was, you're so like, if you put yourself in a position where I watched a movie and I was unhappy with it because people because of the skin color of the people in the movie what does that say about you like are you really am i really supposed to think that the people who have yeah. like, like they're they're like i think that like the only person who could possibly watch a movie and and think about race that much is a racist person that's this is the if you have to break it down like this this is how i feel like it is the Conservatives don't make enough things about race. Liberals make it about race too much. Race too much. It's like if you have to like simplify it, you know what right. I mean? Yeah, I would agree. Just obviously yeah. that's a generalization, but like I think that that's pretty accurate. That you know, conservatives want to act like a post-racial, and good lord, we can't get to being post-racial is a eventual good. It is the right thing. I think it's a better society if race has in a better world has no dictation on your starting point of course we both know we're not there or that's true but if it didn't have any and it's about as interesting as your hair color like you know uh, but it's impossible to get to that better world when some of the uh discussions are so pointless regressive and kind of demeaning to just boil people down to their skin color that in that way like even if you think you're being the tolerant one that's condescending to just go like you are your skin color that is like the most important yeah. thing about you 
And anyone who chooses something they can't control about themselves as their most important characteristic is likely not an interesting person. Uh, well, that's the thing. It's like, I, I, well, I, I, I guess the people who have that criticism and also I will say, I mean, I, I think I make this point almost every time is like, I don't even know if it's valid criticism in the sense that like people are actually saying it because shifting gears just a little bit and I'll go, I'll get back to what we're talking about is John Stewart went on Colbert and he was making fun of the, the, he basically said that COVID came from a lab and it was super fucking hilarious. He was like, basically the point was, um, he's like, Oh, there's a, there's literally a lab in Wuhan where the virus started and the name on the building is the same as the virus that spread around the world. (laughs) Like basically like, duh like where do you think it came like like if there was an outbreak of chocolatey goodness in hershey pennsylvania like you're not going to be like oh it was because a, a bat had sex with a thing and then ate chocolate and like no it's from the fucking chocolate factory you idiot that's funny and and it by was the like, way, that does sound like an ad for their a new candy bar <laughs> um so it was really 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 funny and like there's there's starting to get a lot more like scientific validity to this lag lab leak argument and it's starting to without being an expert on anything and not reading everything seemingly it seems like it seems to be more probable than not that it started in a lab oh Um, my god anyway we need to all be more conservative as a society we just gotta here's what we gotta do we gotta just give conservatives their w's because they would mean a lot to them and that's what's bullshit about liberals is like shit like this, that conservative granted conservatives probably want to take it and make it more villain villainistic. If that's a word villainous than it is as far as like they were engineering it as a bioweapon to fuck with us. Uh, it, I don't know exactly on that shit, but, but well, yeah, that's what they were saying is- a year and a half ago. When it was literally considered racist to float the rat, the lab leak theory. Yes. When yeah. it was literally seen as a racist conspiracy theory by far right groups, um, just because Trump said it, not because of the information, just because Donald Trump said it, it automatically became. And, and then the Steele dossier was a complete lie. It was a complete fabrication. I have no idea what that is. The Steele dossier was the 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 basically the intelligence they used to. Basically, that was the whole Russian collusion thing um, in yeah. within the – yeah. So, so basically what happened was uh, this was just complete fabrication from intelligence communities trying to disparage Trump or take him down for whatever reason. So anyway, going back to these things, it's like I, – I will tie this up in a bow, I promise. But I'm going to keep going a little bit further before I go back uh, in terms of uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda and stuff. Um, anyway, the, uh, <laughs> the, I'm kidding. I'm basically, kidding. basically, uh, lab leak theory seemed to be crazy. Now all of a sudden, not crazy. Um, John Stewart jokes about it, uh, and then Complex picks up the video, and they're like, "John Stewart is getting uh, pushback." You know, John Stewart is getting uh, criticism for his lab leak theory. And they post an article telling you what he said. They posted the video in the article. And at the end, they're like, here's the criticism. Right. And it was literally screenshots 
of seven people on Twitter. Seven people on Twitter right. were offended by what John Stewart That's, said. Yeah. But going back to Lin-Man Mill Miranda, it's like all, all this stories about, oh, you had to apologize, this, that, and the other. People are offended. I'm like, are they, though? Are they? Most, it's yeah. Just seven yeah. people on Twitter. Because most yeah. people didn't even see the movie, let's be honest. And most people don't give a shit. So, you know, like, let's not act like there's this huge movement to cancel. So I guess my whole point is, is like, how much of this cancel culture shit and all of it is just complete fabrication. It's a complete like pressure that that gets put on society that doesn't actually exist in real life. Like if we just, if, if we just, if we just stopped looking at Twitter, it would go away. There would be no cries of outrage because there'd be no place for cries of outrage. Like Twitter has become the place. So like, I got to say one thing, dude. Dude, yeah, Twitter banned Trump's account. I don't think they went far enough. I think this just banned everyone's account. We, it would have done so they much should. better for all of us if they went. Everyone's banned because he doesn't know how to use it. But also, Soto, you a lot of most of you don't either. Yeah, it's, Jack Dorsey should just do, host a press conference, being like, "We're shutting down Twitter because this is garbage. This is like like Twitter itself isn't garbage. It's what humans use it for. It's not Twitter's fault. It's humans' fault." Humans are shitty people. Like, sh- humans are shitty people. Uh, humans are shitty people. That's a funny sentence. It, 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 it's it's it's, it's like that's what happens when it's it's a whole thing. It's like when you start taking ten thousand people on Twitter seriously, as if that's the pulse of America. And it goes back to the Dustiel dossier. It like the media has to pick up all these things because they need new stories to get clicks because they're a click based industry now. So they, they need a new story about John Stewart. They're like, John Stewart gets clicks. So let's put the video in the article and write how people are upset. Even if they're not upset, people will click on it, watch the video, get the ad dollars in and then what they're out. So the steel dossier, all this bullshit like, it wouldn't surprise me if we came out. Like, I'm not joking, and I really hope I'm wrong, but would it shock you if it came out in a year or two that Trump really did win the election? Would it surprise you at all at this point when the Steele I mean, dossier, the whole Russian – we did a, we did a congressional hearing about Trump and collusion trying do? to remove – he was impeached from it, and it was all bullshit. It was all bullshit, and things. I hate Trump. I, mean, I, I, I hate Trump beyond more than anybody maybe. But the fact that they used fake information to try to fucking take him down, and then the fucking lab leak thing and all these things are coming out. Like, at what point are we really thinking? Like, what do the what does the media say that is actually true? Not the other way around. What do they say that's wrong? Like, what's the real news? Not what's the fake news. What's the real news? Does anybody know? Uh, no. First off, you're right. No one knows. Second off, you said a lot. Second off. Would I be surprised if it had came out in a year or two that Trump actually won? Listen, buddy, I know he won, and I it wouldn't. I've maintained that stance since day one. Second off, I'm or third off. I mean, you're 100 percent right that it's like like we've talked about. America has a single truth problem. We can only act like one thing can be true, and two things can be true. Trump could have been a truly like terrible president at minimum. Even if you like the guy, you can agree his bedside manner needed work. (laughs) Even if you liked him, you can agree. He, in terms of not 
Okay, so that's true. And then also he was treated unfairly in, in, in certain capacities. That is also true. The media does go easier on Democrat presidents. Democrat presidents are also in the pockets of corporations. They're not fucking heroes in capes. I don't know why yep. we have person of the year, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, when all they did was get elected. They haven't fucking done a fucking thing. And we're like taking victory laps for them. I hate that shit too. Also, I think Trump was really fucking bad. And, but he also was treated unfair. Like in some ways you can find. Yeah, he was, he was definitely, he was definitely treated unfair. But he also creates, like he also helps create the landscape in which he's treated unfair. Like, yes, some of it's projected and some of it's self-created. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, like you said, two things can be true. So none of what I am about to say has anything to do with Trump being a good president or a competent president or a good person or a competent person. But there were lies about the Martin Luther King statue right as he got elected. They said that he removed it from the Oval Office. He did it. There were lies about... We find out that the Russian dossier... What? I just want to say, on. I don't even know the Steele dossier, but I just know that was sounds made up. That sounds like a fucking... <laughs> dude, that sounds like a writer mimicking a fucking spy yeah. movie. That yeah, literally sounds like something yeah. in a Mission Impossible. It, it, That's how you yeah, know. It, it sounds written. It, yeah, it was so bad. So the deal, the deal dossier was horseshit. Uh, the other thing that we're coming... The lab leak thing, obviously, we're coming out of horseshit. The other thing was this news came out that... Uh, remember when during the riots and stuff over the summer, the protests, whatever you want to call them, the story came out that Trump had had a whole bunch of protesters tear gassed so he could do a photo op in front of the church holding a Bible. Yeah. So that's not true. It happened, but the motivation of it wasn't real. So basically the what the media reported, and it's not this is the thing too, when I say the media, I'm not talking about like some crazy liberal Huffington Post something. It's literally like fucking ABC and CNN, CBC or CBS, like new network news, like news that has to have sources. It's not something that that's you know is is, is crazy. You can't dismiss it with bias. Is my point. Anyway, sure. they were they reported that Donald Trump had protesters tear grass so he could go take a picture in front of a church holding a Bible for a photo opportunity. So basically, he tear he tear gassed innocent protester so he could take a photo op of him holding a bible in front of the church what actually happened they tear gassed a whole bunch of people so they could put up fencing around areas that they wanted protected from protesters and then after the after they cleared all the people out donald trump earlier got um criticism for hiding in a bunker while people were protesting so he goes oh while they're gone let's go take this photo and he holds up the bible upside down like a retard that takes a was picture in front of a church so like he's hilarious. an opportunist He's an opportunist, piece of shit, scumbag, and I fucking hate him. But the fact that the media ran with this story and it didn't get retracted until now, it's like, how many of these things affected the the election? How many people voted for Biden who were turned off, who might have voted for, like, because we know that there was a significant portion of the population who voted for Obama two times and then turned around and voted for Trump. How many of those people voted for Biden over Trump because of the things Trump has said he did. And he ended up not doing them. Like, 
like, you know what I mean? So, like, regardless of the, the media backtracks now, it's like the damage is done. Trump has a legit claim to be like, the election, even if it wasn't stolen from him, like, the hearts and minds of America were so manipulated. And the only people who really refused to believe it were, like, people who we considered crazies. Like, we literally, if you go, if you said fake news a year ago, you were crazy. Everybody was like, shut up. You're such a lunatic fake news and now slowly but surely we're realizing oh that was fake that was fake that was fake we're we like and it's the liberals fault because the liberals kind of run on the moral high ground of the country they act like they're the moral high ground and everything yeah. that they control the media and all these things and i know that the the media isn't run by the democrats it's not what i'm saying but liberal people certainly do run media uh, sure, they're true. fucking manipulators. They're manipulators, and they don't give a shit. They're just doing whatever they want to do to shape the world in which they see it or how they want to see so it. And they tell how, lies to get there. You know what? This is how me and you have uh, differences because you say that liberals control the media, and I would disagree and say that the Jews. Um, <laughs> so not funny enough. To, <laughs> for the level of well, offensiveness, but um, the uh, I they, huh? I wish they did. They do a better job. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean that. No, you're, dude. Everything you're saying is absolutely right, and I I think like that. Uh, an unwillingness to grapple with the actual reality is proof of bias and the levels of bias that are equal to the alleged that conservatives have. You actually talk to conservatives. I'll be honest, my conversations, they're not racist. They're, they're really not. Uh, the thing is, is they like, even them being in denial of like, if racial, uh, like disparities, like, uh, they're, they want like actual conservatives that I've talked to, like they want what's best too. And they think their version of equality, if it's a genuinely held belief is a better place from which to operate in society. Yeah. I, I would think that like a lot of people who fall on the conservative side of it, when it comes to the conversation of race, I think a lot of them are like a lot of them. They're definitely hateful, racist people. I think a lot of them are mostly ignorant people who don't realize certain realities because of like there's certain situations of their lives. And, and also and media I, and also media does like want to and also a lot of U.S. history teaching. I'm not trying to be that guy, but you can like. I, I the hope I didn't send this doesn't sound condescending to anyone, but I think like we are can kind of conditioned in America to love America to like, and we've said it before, like we teach history like it's Disney, and we kind of gloss over. And so if you take that and also how Fox News portrays a lot of uh, issues around that, like of course someone thinks that way. Yeah. So but my, my, my point is, is like, I think a lot of conservative people might fall on the ignorant side of in terms of on the issues of race. But what doesn't do anybody any favors is calling them racist automatically 
And then on top of that, there is this like this this division being dr- driven by the media and this that and the other. And essentially, like you have a whole, a whole bunch of people who are being told that they're racist, and it's being covered by the media and it's being talked about by the media right. all the time. And they always mention systemic racism, systemic, systemic racism. And then you find out the media has lied about X, Y, and Z. So it just like affirms you're you're gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna be have an open mind from that. If you're being accused of something that you don't think you are, and then it turns out that the people who are accusing you have lied about several of the other shit that they were talking about, like it just basically hurts your case way more than a, a, they could ever. And it hurts their case more than the damage that can be done by these conservative people who might be ignorant on race and stuff. Like I, I know people who they live in sheltered worlds they 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 know policemen they don't know black people they they have very limited experiences with gay people so people are part of their environment and like i know people who have zero hate in their heart but at the same time will be like why do black people complain what's what's wrong with their lives they get they have they get jobs because of this and the other there's well, they, special they have... regulation that gets them into college for cheap why they complain i don't get that and it's like to them that makes perfect sense. Now that point of view is missing a lot of elements of truth from other perspectives that might open up their eyes to realize the what they're saying is faulty in a lot of ways. But like you know, people are products of their environment, whether you like it or not. And the way human the human mind works is it doesn't really empathize with people unless it's literally lived that experience or seen that experience so like people are limited to their empathy um based off of their experience of life and it's just that's just the reality of the situation which is all all that i you're right and it's true i do also think that some of their arguments there is a logic and sense to them and that isn't doesn't come from a bad place given like i think like if you're I actually think that, uh, you know, if you're a person from that experience, all of the media you intake, basically if all you focus on is affirmative action, that's like you're in and of itself, that is true. But if you take a larger pie, like the broader truth, it fits within that. Um, but you can see like an argument they would make. That's why Fox News and conservatives – and there has been cases brought up of like Asian students suing for discrimination. Harvard. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't even know how that one shook out. Yeah, it was, I don't remember how it shook out either, but I remember Harvard, Harvard basically started discriminating against Asian students because too many of them met the criteria and they wanted to limit the amount of Asian people allowed in their schools to fill out like what they have in their school as like a quota for the breakdown of what they want their student body to look like. Um, yeah. I mean, that's like uh that's a, there are compelling arguments to be made. I've, I've heard some people smarter than me uh, who it's like funny, like it's like out of my depth, but have talked about uh, how, and like intellectual folk have affirmative action is also not good uh, for in their what they've described well black people uh, 
they make the arguments. So it's like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not well-informed. Well, it's, but that's what a podcast is, is talking without being (laughs) well-informed. I'm not going to act like I know the, the, all the ins and outs of affirmative action per se, but I will say there are a few, one obvious pro I can find to it is normalizing minority people in positions that they didn't have. So if you have some sort of programmer, you let a black person have the job because of their skin color, like that kind of creates a universe where, Oh, we prove that those like black people can do those jobs. So all these stupid racial judgments that maybe keep white people from hiring black people can be shown that it's bullshit, you know? But the other way is like, I look at comedy and comedy has become super like lineups and shot comedy shows. Like they're like, we need, you know, we need at least half women. We need at least half this, that, and the other. And they break it up by, by race and gender and these, those things. And the thing that about it that bugs me is that like, I know comedy bookers and I know the way that they think. And they start to think about lineups in a sense of race, they go, I need an Indian guy. I need a a Japanese woman. I need a lesbian. I need a gay guy. And then they start seeing them as that, which is super limiting to, if you're a gay performer, like if you're someone like Tim Dillon, who Tim Dillon is obviously big now, so he doesn't have to worry about it. But like Tim Dillon, isn't someone who comes off, comes across as a gay man because he doesn't embody all the stereotypes that gay men do in culture. So like, but so like a comedy club booker wouldn't book him, and this is a complete hypothetical because obviously he's he's doing fine, but might not book him if they're looking for a gay act because they see him and they go, oh, he's gay, but he's not like gay. I can't say that I have a gay guy in the lineup. So like, no one's doing it out of the goodness of their heart. They're like looking for stereotypes. They're looking for those things, and I and it just like whenever you're picking people to do a job based off of that. It's, and then like the performance of it second, like it can muddy the situation where you're, you're actually ignoring other people of those races who don't fit the maybe stereotypes you're looking for. And also it kind of just turns it into, Hey, we're looking for an Indian guy because we need an Indian guy. And it's like, okay, but like, shouldn't you just want the best person? Shouldn't you just want funny comedians? Like, there's a bunch of funny well, because, comedians. Yeah, that's because, the, funny uh, because the argument is correct, which is like, you're probably, you're going to be able to have a diverse lineup anyway. Uh, um, if you just pick the funniest like, people, it'll be diverse. I promise you, it'll be diverse. I, if you yeah, just pick true. the funniest people, it'll be diverse. I promise you. But yes. like, you see a lot of people who get stuff. And it happened with white guys and the fucking before all this happened. So it's like, it's not fair for anybody. It's not fair for me to criticize in a way because it's what bookers did back then. They wanted fucking nine white dudes pitching their sitcom on stage. And then maybe they'll allow as we one call, woman to Or as we call it with the, the golden era of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> like it was total horseshit. Cause they're like, that's what people want. They want these white guys doing comedy. They want them talking about their sitcoms. Okay. We'll let that black guy, because he's really funny. Maybe we'll let that woman, cause she's funny too. But that, really that, guy's, that guy. black guy is kind of funny. What's his name? Chris Rock. He's kind of funny. It's like yeah. <laughs> that guy would have to be a, a dude who absolutely annihilates 
with brilliant yeah, and, shit too, yeah. like murdering with very yeah. thoughtful shit and goofy, goofy shit. I'm not going to say the name of the club or the name of the comedian because it's not my story to tell. But I, I, I'm friends with a black comedian who told me that a booker for one of the comedy clubs asked him to audition. He goes and auditions and has a really good set. And at the end of the night, they basically say they already have enough black dudes. And he was like, you knew I was black when you asked me to audition. What do you like, what the fuck, man? And it goes like, that's the weirdness that we live in. And like this was before. So it's like. Back then, it was like there there could only be one or bl- maybe two black people in a club, and that was yeah. terrible. It shouldn't be that way. But now there's numbers on other things, and it's like instead of it's like what socialism does. Socialism doesn't create opportunity for everybody. What it does is it takes away opportunity and it puts everybody on the same level playing field, which sounds good in theory, unless that level playing field sucks. Like socialism is a good way of making everybody equally poor, not equally rich. And you have to create a system in place that has some sort of merit-based thing. It's like what they're doing with education right now is they're taking away uh, honors at a lot of schools. They're taking away special gifted programs because the gifted programs are racist because the gifted programs don't have enough X, Y, or Z in them. And it's like you you can't take away school. Like gifted kids need gifted school because they're very smart. And if you put them in regular school, they won't grow. They won't become what they could become. Truly gifted kids need to go to gifted schools. It just, yeah, it's that's way, the way better it for society. Yeah, because they grow. But now they're taking away those because those are problematic. You can have how can it be gifted if if only X Y if only certain percentage of Filipino people are in it? How can it be gifted? It's racist. What you're saying is there's Filipino people aren't gifted, and it's like no, there's tests. People qualify. Are there racial biases in the test? Probably. Fix but that. that's also because you take away the program. Yeah, but that's also because class and race are very tied together. They're not one in one, obviously. But like, yeah, that's why it's you know. Why would there be more? And it's depending on area, white kids in a gifted program, because it's you're likelier to be wealthier or just richer, or more well off if you're white. It isn't yeah, like you can afford tutors. Certain, yeah, like it isn't yeah. fucking certain. Like, of course, there can be a richer Puerto Rican kid than white kid. No shit, and class yeah. can do a lot. To make but someone's of, situation yeah, easier, and, and I know you agree with me, and we're not debating, but. but but in, instead of taking away the gifted program, why don't you work on a program that creates tutors for underprivileged kids it's, so they can know. get the attention that they need to pass the tests to like do it? That, like that's what I mean by socialism is like you take away you take the rich, the, the, the gifted school away so no one can have it. So everybody has to go to the equally shitty schools. It's like that doesn't help. Like that doesn't that just makes sure that everybody has the same bad education. Like some people need more education. Like I don't know. It's just like we're, we're we're like living in this weird time where people have become so liberal and woke that they're completely intolerant and they're doing things that are so counterproductive and they just can't. Like they everybody. It's so focused on equality when the, the everybody should have equal opportunity, but people aren't equal. People are better. Some people are better. Some people are smarter. Some people work harder. Some people like it's a very wide range, wide ranging reasons why some people make yeah. it. Some people don't we, make we it. Call, we call them men. Oh, <laughs> hard hitting gender joke, bro. 
This guy is oh. hardcore. What an edge lord, dude. <laughs> <laughs> edge lord. I'm so fucking edgy the way I burned women everywhere. Um but no, I you're for real though. You're you're correct. I uh, you know. Hopefully me and it's you can like, figure it out. Right. It's like what they do, yeah. It's I don't know. Anyway, well, you know, My I'll tell you what, this podcast, <laughs> this podcast was our least diverse yet. <laughs> Two white guys solving the world's problems. The pod, like wow, it, that's how, that is such a podcast. Two white guys solving the world's problems. <laughs> oh, that's folks, how it should be. If you're listening... Uh, please go to brettcoin.org. Please buy some Brettcoin. I, uh, I'm a proud owner of 177 Brettcoins. I think it's a good investment. I have a lot of exciting meetings coming up. I do have a meeting currently scheduled. This is 100% true. And I only say it's because the select few listen. But with Ethereum, the second biggest crypto currencies, co-founder, one of the five co-founders, it was going to be this Thursday, but they moved it to next. Of course, when they were like, is it cool if we move it? I'm like, yeah, what am I going to do? Say fuck off. You're going to be I, like, yeah, what? well, next week I have a meeting with Doja Coin, but I suppose, <laughs> I suppose it's I can like, squeeze you. If at any moment they cancel, it's all good. Even, you know what I mean? I don't, I'm not owed this it's like dude worth anything but 900 million whatever is so yeah yes yes they can move it <laughs> what do you got to plug rig uh buy brett coin and uh watch my sketch about smash mouth it's really that funny shit I, don't is know if hilarious. Saw it. I reposted it and people who didn't see it the first time were like wow this is really good so i don't know i guess you didn't have to keep sharing things that you made but no, what I think it's a great sketch, and you Thanks. look hilarious. Is um, is this, yeah, I played the Fred lead Durst? singer of Smash Mouth. Stand is it Fred Durst? Steve Harrell. Steve Harrell. Oh, okay. I think Fred it's Steve Durst. Is yeah, I, I, I play my, I play a version of myself, and then I also play the front man of Smash Mouth. Uh, Fred Durst is Limp Biscuit. Oh, Fred Durst is yeah. Fred Durst is looks like Florida. Okay. Um, that Florida style. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right, guys. Peace.